It was the morning of our hike and I had packed everything on the list. So careful to make sure that I didn't miss anything. I was ready. I was joining a group of other students with Youth for Christ on my very first backpacking trip on the Appalachian Trail. We gathered in the lobby and we prayed over our hike. Then Jonathan, our leader, told us that there was one more final thing that we needed to do before we packed the vans. He told us to unpack everything and to lay it on the ground in front of us. I was confused. The first thing Jonathan did was to help us go through and unload a whole bunch of stuff. I was lost. I needed everything. I carefully packed each and everything. You know, what if I needed that? I wanted to object and to try and sneak some things back in. I mean, what's a little bit more weight going to matter? I thought, you know, that crisis is going to come and I'm going to need this or I'm going to need that or I'm going to need this. And what Jonathan knew from experience was what the trail ahead would require of us and how important it was to pack light. Any of you who have ever been on a backpacking trip know that this is such a rookie mistake. You know, we do it. We, like anytime there's a rookie, like, no, there, there goes one. Like they are so overweighted by, by everything that they try and bring just in case they might need it. It's just one more thing. And we don't count the cost of how adding a few extra things can be a real problem down the road. We all do this not just in backpacking, but in life. We add more and more to our plates. Just, just a little bit more time or, or, or a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that or I'll add it to my credit card. You know, we just keep adding more and more into our plates until chaos begins to kick in. John D. Rockefeller, the world's first billionaire, answered the question, how much is enough with just a little bit more. And he unknowingly made a profound statement about the human condition. Our minds are wired to want. We want more and more and more and more. And we, we want to do it with less, not so that we have more time, but so that we can do more, right? You know, and, and it's, it's, we want to do things differently. We want things to be better so that we can want more money more time, more love, and more just every little bit of life, right? Just a little bit more. And the truth is that we all do this in some area of our lives. It looks different for each of us, but we keep adding and adding and adding until things turn to clutter and begin to take over. And it might be in how we manage our time, our relationships, our overcommitment, our stuff. The problem with clutter is it begins to cloud in on us until our clutter owns us. And we become addicted. We become addicted to the mess, to, the, to all of our stuff because we don't wanna let go. We become addicted to how our stuff makes us feel. And that no matter whether it is healthy or not, we can't let go of those things even when they're slowly pressing in on us from every side we don't want to let go. And one of the things that I love about Jesus is the way that he has this way of speaking to the real needs in my life, the real needs in our lives. 
You see, this is a real problem in our world today, and our world is always giving us this message, and advertisers are always bombarding us with this message of just a little bit more will make us happy. You see, in our current sermon series, We've been looking at our church's core values and, and, and what holds us together and, and, and how Jesus uses them to call us to something more beautiful. Today, we're going to be looking at Jesus's call to lighten the load and to unclutter our lives so that this frees us to love boldly, give generously, and serve joyfully. In, in Matthew 6, we're, we're going to be turning there. So if you have your Bibles, I just invite you to open up and follow along, and, or, or it'll be on the screen as well. But Matthew was a close friend and follower of Jesus. And he records his words, in the, of Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. Starting in verse 19, it says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, Jesus is prophetically showing us that, and this is our first key this morning, is that our things reveal our heart. You know, too much of a good thing isn't a good thing. Proverbs 25, 16 in the New King James Version says this, Have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need, lest you be filled with it and vomit. Now, I realize that's a little bit graphic, but it, it's, it's true of all of us, and it applies two things. And the first is that it's good to have a little bit of honey, right? It's good for us. And anybody who's really into health and stuff like that knows that good local honey boosts our immunity, and it's, it, you know, plus it just tastes good, a little honey and tea, right, as we're in fall, right? But too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Not only if you're diabetic, just like too much sugar. It's like a rush. Like it's just not good for us, right? And so it is with most things in life. Things that we need, good things, if they aren't used correctly or if we have too much of them, it's not healthy and it slowly destroys us or makes us sick. And sooner or later, our possessions, our things own us. And Jesus knows this and he, he wants us to be free. And that's why in verse 24, he goes on to say this really directly. He says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so our second key here is, is don't get your priorities out of whack. Jesus is saying, begin with the end in mind. Know where you're trying to go and keep that the focus, you know? For the backpacker, keep focused on the trail and where you're trying to go and, and lighten the load. Begin with the end in mind. Keep the main thing the main thing. You see, when clutter is a problem, it clouds our vision. It distracts us from the goal and it holds us back because our external world reveals our internal world and vice versa, right? Our things show our, our heart or, or the clutter in our heart begins to impact our world out here. And there's this dance between our internal and external world. And so we need to start with our heart as we saw in verse 21, because no one can serve two masters. 
Dallas Willard writes this, being hurried is an inner condition, a condition of the soul. It means to be so preoccupied with myself and with my life that I'm unable to be fully present with God, with myself and with other people. I cannot rest in God with a hurried soul. Oh man, that, that quote just, when I first heard it, it just really hit me because this is something that, that I struggle with. Like the other night I, I had a busy, stressful day and, and I had a few minutes to grab dinner together with Jen. And so I tried to change things up and slow things down. And knowing that Jen's love language is words of affirmation, I looked at her and I said, babe, time with you is free and yet it's invaluable. Confused, she just looked at me and said, what song lyric is that? <laughs> I guess I still have work to do on my delivery, right? Because it was so awkward, we both just laughed. I guess we need to slow down more often to the point where this feels natural. Because becoming unhurried is one of the ways that we remind ourselves and our souls that this world is not our master. We need to slow down and take time to be with God and to be present with ourselves and with other people. But Jesus isn't done in this passage. There's so much packed in here. And he goes on to say this about an uncluttered life. In verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They did not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Man, the key here that Jesus wants us to see is when we aren't clear internally, it leads to worry. And worry leads to questions about provision and and then the accumulation of stuff like we saw in verse 19 about storing up more and more and more or building bigger barns. And, and we begin to store up treasure thinking that, that they are what gives us security. That it's our money, it's the things that, that we own, that, that, that our stuff is, then takes on an emotional value of its own or a sentimental value and we can't let go. Or we can't stop thinking about it. And it just, even as you're trying to go to sleep, you're worrying and worrying and worrying. And we worry about not having enough. And we worry about not being enough. See how that outer world and inner world play together? And all of these different emotions are attached to our stuff. And they become a trap. And we are bound by them. And the very thing that God meant for as a blessing for us and for others is now a burden. And we're weighed down by all of it. You know, this is where we need boundaries. You know, it's, it's something that, that really helped me with this. It was a sermon that I read um, on Psalm 119, 133 by Charles Spurgeon called A Well-Ordered Life. And the idea is that, that God created the world and God gave it order. He set everything in its place. Yeah, everything in life has a place and a purpose. And, and God called it good. 
But then sin, then the, the, sin comes in and this is where things fall out of order. That there are so many things in life that God created for us and that are good but, but can be used for evil. Things like money, sex, power, or even our words and our time. You see, how we use them uh, is the real big question. Are they aligned in God's designed order? Or have they taken root in our life to create chaos, manipulation, and pain? Has our life become unmanageable because all of these things that we've attached um, the wrong order to, like they become the first most important thing in our life and we become greedy or we become chasing after fame or, or after more accumulation of stuff and they take a disordered proportion of our time, our emotions, and our energy. You see, when our things own us, then things are out of order. I have a friend who's, who's a German lawyer and he's a very, very ordered person. And he says that in Germany, one of the most offensive things that you can say to somebody is, that's out of order, <laughs> right? But that's essentially what we're saying here is, it's important to keep things in order, right? First Timothy 6.10 goes on to say this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, some people have interpreted this to mean that money is evil. And I've even heard whole sermons on this, but that is not what this verse says. This verse is not talking about money, but about greed. It's the love of money where money takes on a life of its own to where it moves out of order. Money is simply the tool. Everything has its place but the love of money gets in the way. And now it is a terrible task master. Our things out of order become a terrible task master, leading some to walk away from the faith or to deal with much sorrow or grief, as the verse says. This is the human condition of needing more, more, and more. And this idea wasn't created by John D. Rockefeller. It existed from the beginning of time. Proverbs 30, 15 to 16 says this, the leech has two daughters, give, give, they cry. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough, the grave, the barren womb, land that is never satisfied with water, and fire, which never says enough. And you can tell that, that when they're talking about land, that they're living in the desert, right? That, that, that they understand that there's things that are just never have enough. And this is the human condition. And Jesus wants to sit down and just have a direct heart-to-heart -heart conversation with us and help us take a load off so that we can be who he designed us to be. That I can be who God wants me to be. This week, I was talking in the office with Shanae, and, and she said this. She said, sin is something that has not reached its full potential. I love that. In fact, I need to journal about that and reflect more on that. It, it's so true on so many levels. You see, when our priorities get out of whack, when we are burdened down, we fail to reach the full potential of what God intended for us to do or to be that we don't give God the full glory because we're not being who he wants 
us to be. You see, God wants something for you. And a simplified life is about getting back to what works. It's about following how our Creator designed us and letting go of all of the things that so easily entangle us and pulls us towards a lie or towards our own self-destruction. We all know that we need to prioritize, but it's one of those things that is easier said than done. <laughs> True in my life, right? But if our goal is to lighten the load, then I need to cut out the noise, the junk and the habits and the ways of thinking that hold me back from reaching my full potential. Hebrews, 2, or Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 says this, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles right? So that we can run, run fast and free. This makes me laugh because we're in the middle of potty training. And let me tell you, few things are faster than a naked baby, right? Than a naked toddler who doesn't want to potty train, man. Like, Pew! and the more you chase them, the more they think it's a game and the faster they run and the more likely they are to embarrass you, right? <laughs> they are unhindered. Now, I'm not asking you to run around naked, but I do wish for you to be free and unhindered in the same way, in a pure and an innocent way. Because when we are unhindered, then we are free to love and to give and to be like Jesus. And this is a powerful countercultural thing in our world. Our world is so bogged down by stress, by debt, by worry, by wounds, and by clutter. That our lives, you, you can just feel it on people. There's this heaviness. And God has a different way of living in our world. And so welcome. Welcome to the countercultural world of living according to the principles of God's kingdom. The one who created us and loves us and wants to set us free to be how he originally created us so that we can better bring him glory and bring others out of the brokenness and out of the dysfunction and into this community of Christ followers called the church. That's what God wants for you and for me. Let me close by telling you a quick story. I supervised someone who, one time, who was doing too much. And they, they kept missing little things and making mistakes in their work. And, and I, would try to, I would try to take something off of their plate and they would just add something else on, either at work or in their personal life. And, and they had this inner drive for more and more and more. And the truth of the matter is, that they were addicted to doing things into the rush of always running on adrenaline, running from the one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Their schedule was always overpacked, and they went from one crisis or chaos to the next. And if it wasn't in their world, they were helping somebody and they were always moving. Always, They were this, just this beehive of energy. And there was always something or someone going on in their life. And there was always a crisis. And it just, it was just like stressful to be around them. And it was easy to see this in someone else's life. And, and I remember being frustrated by this and I was praying about it. And God, in his gentle love, simply said, sounds like someone else I know. Ooh, 
I, I couldn't even like supervise myself. Ouch, like God, God was speaking to me and, and I was like, okay, God, I, I get the point. And he was exactly right, right? My outer world was so full because the outer world is a reflection of the inner world. And God was just saying, slow down, Ryan. Slow down, you don't have to prove yourself to me. You don't have to prove yourself by all of the things that you hold on or by trying to get ahead. And, and how often do I find my value in things? Or constantly worrying about paying the bills or paying down the debt or about how I'm going to get ahead or, or what, if, what if this or that happens and I'm always worried about the next thing. And God's just saying, slow down. Or, or how can I help solve someone else's problems if I'm always doing this or that? Or like, you know, I can help, but I, I can't jump in and fix it for them. And yet I allow these things to drive my decisions. You know, I'm not saying it, that we shouldn't ever consider finances or we shouldn't consider how much is on our plate. You know, those are all good and important, but it's about a right order. Like, is it in the right order? Do we go to God first? And then we ask those other questions, right? They need to be in the right order so we have our priorities in the right place. It's, it's time for us, it's time for me to slow down, to declutter my mind, my heart, and my soul, and to live a well-ordered life where things no longer control me, but are all of my things and everything in my life that I live with open hands and the things that I have are now aligned in my desires to follow God. My wish for us today is to lighten the load, to go through our backpacks and to decide what we can let go of. You see, here at this church, we value uncluttered lives which free us to love boldly, give generously, and serve joyfully. But in order to do this, we need to say no, to give ourselves margin so that we can say our best yes, a yes to God. And so I, I, I wanna gently ask us some questions in closing. As you look back across your life, what is a practice or a spiritual habit that has helped you in the past to focus and create intimacy with God when you were struggling with busyness? As you look back, like what has been helpful in my own life in the past? And maybe let's try that again and see if it works this week. And maybe this question of what would it look like for you to do a spring cleaning in your life? I know we're in the fall, it's okay, we can do spring cleanings in the fall, but what would, what would be the first thing that you would get rid of? And what would be the hardest thing to get rid of, but would maybe give the most results? You see, God is calling us to be people who are free to love Him and to love others. And, and so, without any guilt, without any shame, without any of that, what is one thing that we can do this week to free up space to be more generous with our time, with our talents, and with our treasures. That's the kind of people that our world needs. This, that is, is the kind of person that I wanna be. Join me as we ask God to help free us this week so that we can live more freely for His kingdom 
as he lightens our load. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you, and God, I just pray that you would meet us here in this moment. God, that you would help us to, to, to lighten our load. God, that when we focus on you, that we will embrace certain truths that our stuff has been given to us by you, that it is not ours to hold on to, and that it is intended for the good of the larger community. May this perspective result in simplicity and a new freedom in our lives. God, come and do in our lives that which only you can do to speak truth to the lies that our culture is trying to sell us. That it just constantly bombards us of this need for more, 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 and more. God, that we are not our stuff or the things that we do. Instead, we are made in your image and we experience freedom in you. Come and meet us today, Lord. Help set us free as we simply follow you. May that be the grace in the truth that anchors us today in this week as we turn our lives over to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you guys so much for being here with us this morning. We love and appreciate you. And if there's anything in this message that stirs up a question or something that you have, please don't hesitate to reach out for prayer or for help. You can always reach us at our website, sgbic.com. But as you go, may you be blessed and may you walk with a new found freedom in your life and a new lightness as God carries you into who you are designed to be. I love you guys. Have a great week. See you next time.